Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lifted up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. And if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the book of 1 Timothy. The book of 1 Timothy and chapter number 1. The book of 1 Timothy and chapter number 1. We're dealing with the idea of the pastoral epistles and we're walking through. We just introduced the other day of young Timothy, Paul's son in the faith. And again, this is the Apostle Paul addressing not a church, but a pastor and giving the pastor instructions and reminders of how to pastor the church. Now that's important because the theme this year is the shepherd and the sheep. And we know that Jesus Christ is the great shepherd. He is the chief shepherd. He is the good shepherd. And that he appoints under shepherds to keep his flock of the New Testament church. And so if you don't mind, take your copy of the word of God and turn with me to the book of 1 Timothy and chapter number 1. The book of 1 Timothy chapter number 1, and we're going to pick it up starting at verse number 3. 1 Timothy chapter 1, and in verse number 3, the word of God says this, As I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus when I went into Macedonia that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine. Neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies which minister questions rather than godly edifying which is in faith so do. Now the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and of faith unfeigned. From which some, having swerved, have turned aside unto vain jangling. Desires to be teaching of teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say, nor whereof they affirm. But we know that the law is good if a man use it lawfully. Knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient. For the ungodly and for sinners, for unholy and profane, for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers, for manslayers, for whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind, for men stealers, for liars, for perjured persons, if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine." According to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust. And if you're in the heaven of marking things in your Bible, would you mark a command that the Apostle Paul gives to young Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter number 1. 1 Timothy chapter number 1, and notice with me at the end of verse 3, this command, teach no other doctrine. Teach no other doctrine doctrine. And with the Lord's help, we're going to cover this, what the Apostle Paul was teaching Timothy through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit about making sure and guarding doctrine with the title, Teach No Other Doctrine. If you don't mind, let's go to the Lord together and let's pray. 
Dear Heavenly Father, thank you again for you being a wonderful God. And as we come to you now, we're just asking that you would open up our eyes and open up our understanding as we hit this important idea of doctrine and the teaching that you have given to us through your word that we're supposed to propagate through the church to let people know what they believe and why they believe it, have an understanding of our belief and teaching and how important it is to guard that doctrine that you've given to us to keep. I'm asking that you would give us understanding, fill me with your Holy Spirit, that you could direct my path, direct my thoughts to exactly what you want to get accomplished tonight. Lord, give spiritual understanding tonight to all the folks that hear. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now the Apostle Paul has left Timothy in charge of the church of Ephesus. If you're familiar with the church of Ephesus, this is one of the Apostle Paul's favorite churches that he started. He had started the church and began to work with the Jewish people. When the Jewish people kicked him out, he rented the school of one Tyrannus and daily he began to teach people. So much so that in the space of two years... Everyone inside of Asia Minor, which is the country of Turkey, which if we could do equivalent sake, maybe about the, the size of Wisconsin. Think about that. That everyone inside of Turkey, Asia Minor, and a place, the state of Wisconsin, in the space of two years, everyone heard the gospel. Didn't mean that everyone got saved, but everyone had heard the gospel. In two years, from the church of Ephesus and from the Bible Institute, which <laughs> Paul had started. And now Timothy is running. Now, whenever you have a church, doctrine is important. It is even doubly so when you're running a Bible Institute that is actively training men and women for the ministry. Because those people are going to go out and they are going to be taught or going to teach what they've been taught. So in cases like this, it is vitally important that doctrine is guarded, that doctrine is protected, that it is kept. And as Paul is taking Timothy here, he's instructing them that make sure that nobody teaches any other doctrine than what I've taught to you. Now, doctrine throughout the Bible is used quite a few times. Of course, doctrine means our belief and teachings. That the word doctrine is used 50 times in 51 verses, putting a great emphasis, especially inside of the New Testament church, to teach doctrine, to guard doctrine, to protect it. Now, with it, we also see that towards the end here, it talks about sound doctrine. I'm going to define that right now. That doctrine is our belief and teaching. Sound carries the idea of health. So when you talk about sound doctrine, you're talking about healthy doctrine. Doctrine that when it is applied, when it is obeyed, makes you spiritually healthy. And that's what we want. We want good stuff that is going to make us spiritually healthy, make us grow closer to the Lord, rather than poisonous doctrine that draws us further away. And that's what we're going to see here. We're going to see the contrast of sound doctrine. Sound doctrine will draw someone closer to the Lord. Other doctrine, false doctrine, bad doctrine will bring people further away from the Lord. That's what we're talking about. When it's all ultimately said and done, the idea of doctrine is going to draw someone closer to the Lord or get them further away. That is why doctrine is so important. Some people say, well, there's some doctrine that doesn't matter. Well, it does matter because doctrine is going to do one of two things. Sound doctrine, healthy doctrine, draws us closer to the Lord. Any other doctor 
doctrine brings us further away from God. So there's no such thing as a doctrine or a Bible doctrine that is not important. All of it's important. The teaching's important. It is necessary. So if you don't mind, I'd like to walk through this passage as the Apostle Paul is taking young Timothy, who is not quite so young. He's probably in his 30s, uh, 32, 35, somewhere around there. And Paul is taking young Timothy and instructing him about the importance of guarding doctrine, him as a pastor guarding the doctrine of the church. If you don't mind, the first thing that we like to see here is that the pastor is responsible for what is being taught. The pastor, who is the under-shepherd, is responsible for what is being taught. Now, we know that later on, the Bible is going to give us the instructions that the pastor has to give an account to God. He's the one that's responsible. What is a pastor going to give an account for? He's going to give an account for what is being taught and who is teaching. And that's exactly what Paul is trying to tell Timothy to guard against. That first of all, the pastor is responsible for what is being taught. Notice with me again in verse 3. As I besought thee, sought thee to abide still at Ephesus, when I went into Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine. Now, again, Paul is talking to an individual. He's not talking to a church. He's talking to an individual. He's talking to the under-shepherd. And he's saying, Timothy, you, your job is to make sure that some of these people are teaching no other doctrine. That is your job, Timothy. That is your responsibility. You say, well, is false doctrine that dangerous? Well, maybe I could give you an illustration. There was a story of a young woman and her son, who was going on a train ride as they were riding through the um, through sub-zero temperatures through the plains. As they were riding in the train, she looked very nervous and was very much concerned about missing her stop because she wasn't familiar with the rail line. Well, the conductor came and talked with her and said, don't worry, I will make sure that you get off where you're supposed to get off. You listen to me, I will guard you. I'll make sure that you get off where you're supposed to. Well, next to her was a salesman, and the salesman leaned over and said, well, if the conductor somehow uh, doesn't get to you, I'll watch out for you. I ride these rail lines all the time. I know all the stops and all the places to, <coughs> to, um, to go at. I'll make sure that you don't miss your stop as well. Well, a little bit later on the train ride, she had looked a little bit relieved knowing that there was a couple people looking out for her. That the salesman leaned over and said, the next stop is your stop. And so she prepared, and when the train stopped, the man said, Here, I'll help you with your bags, and escorted the lady and her son outside of the train, dumped off her bags, and she was concerned that there was nobody out here. And he goes, Well, they heard the train. They'll be out here soon. And so he bid her goodbye, got back on the train, and the train began to take off. A few minutes later, the conductor came back and said, Where's the young lady at? Where's her and her son? And the salesman said, ah, at the last stop, I let her off. I made sure that she got off. He said, no, that was an unscheduled stop for maintenance for something in the way. Uh, no. And so they stopped the train and began to back it up. By the time they got back to where they had stopped and dropped off the lady and her son, they had frozen to death. You see, it was the conductor's job, not the salesman's job, to tell her and to guard her to make sure she got off. 
The salesman, even though he was well-meaning, didn't have the right information, and it killed her. That same illustration applies here. It is the pastor's job to guard the church from doctrine. And though some people may be well-meaning, their doctrine can hurt, kill, choke, stump, hurt other Christians inside of the church. This is why God has assigned the under-shepherd to be responsible for it. Someone has to be in charge. Someone has to be accountable. And God has placed the under-shepherd, the pastor, to be responsible for the doctrine that is being taught within the church. So let's dive into this a little bit more, understanding the seriousness of this. Notice in verse 4. It says, Neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies. Paul warns Timothy not to pay attention to those who will attempt to deal with fables. This carries the idea of myths and endless genealogies. Now, the genealogies that are being dealt with here is the idea of uh, genealogies uh, that come from Judaism and their traditions. That this type of Judaism that is mentioned here has a belief that God is so holy and so righteous that he can't deal with anything material. That anything of matter is corruptible, and so God has to stay away from them. So the idea of genealogies and the Judaism myth mythology is that God had to create an angel to create another angel to create another angel to create another angel that could finally create matter, so that way God would be far away from it. And so here it's talking about, don't pay attention, don't give heed to fables, mythologies, and endless genealogies, or, or basically things that, that aren't in the Bible, things that, that really don't matter. Because what do they do? They minister questions rather than oddly uh, edifying, which is in faith, so do. You know, <laughs> what has happened is that some people get hung up on something small, something petty, something little, and they hang their hat on it. They rise and fall on that doctrine. I had a pastor a couple of years ago that was telling me he was convinced um, <laughs> that when people die, they're frozen in chambers. And uh, then one day God is going to release them out. And I said, where does it have in the Bible? But he's built a whole doctrine that he breaks fellowship that if somebody doesn't believe that these holding chambers, then he doesn't fellowship with them. Okay, well, that's fine. You believe whatever you want, but you can't hang your hat on that. You can't, you know, and some people will find some of the most ridiculous things to build a doctrine off, to separate off. Over the years, people say, you know, I love your preaching all this church, but you know, you have this one little thing wrong, and it's not a doctrine, it's, you know, how I combed my hair or, or something. And they said, you know, I just can't come no more just because... And, and they'll give this thing, and they hang their hat on some little thing, and they want to debate it. They want to come in and talk about aliens. That's a big thing. Oh, it's aliens, they're coming. Well, no. <laughs> Deal with other things. Well, let me tell you about all the angels. No. No. We only stick with what the Bible says. But they'll hang their hat. And that's all they'll concentrate is on these little doctrines. Little teachings that are not found in the Bible. 
And that's what they want to talk about rather than what does the Bible say? What about the thing about Jesus dying on the cross? About what he did for us? Justification, the forgiveness of sins, about grace and mercy. There are many things in the Bible to talk about. And many things are exciting about. Prophecy is some of the worst things because prophecy we could do is all we could do is give our best interpretation based off the Bible, try to take it literally. But there is a lot of leeway in some things that people believe. You can't hang your hat on it and say, guess what? President Obama was the Antichrist. Well, I don't think so. That's not what the Bible says. But you know, people will go to task, they'll go to war off some type of doctrine. Some pastor came up and said, you know what? You can never preach in my church because you don't wear black suits and white shirts and red ties all the time. Okay, well, that's nice. You know, all that does is minister questions, but it does not build someone up. The doctrine that we have to hang our hat on, the doctrine that we have to believe is doctrine that is sound doctrine that is going to draw people closer to the Lord. You see, you're either drawing closer to the Lord or you're not. The doctrine that we want to work on is doctrine that's going to draw people closer to God. Closer in their walk with God. Closer with them. And we have to be careful because people always want to go off on their little tangents. And it is a constant, a constant, a constant thing that a pastor has to guard is being what is taught. What is being taught? Notice in verse 4 again. <clears throat> Neither give heed to fables or endless genealogies which minister questions, but rather godly edifying which is in faith. Which is in faith. Now, legitimate questions are not bad. In fact, the hallmark of a true disciple is inquiry. Questions. If you are growing in grace, you should be asking questions. In fact, as a pastor, someone who is not asking questions is people I'm worried about. Because you should be reading in the Bible and say, I don't understand this. I need some clarification. I ask questions. I call pastors and say, hey, I just read this. And I just want to bounce this idea off of. And we have a good time talking. The hallmark of any disciple is inquiry. If you're not asking questions, I worry about you. But as long as it's right questions. Right questions, legitimate questions, questions you want to know more about the Bible, there's nothing wrong with that. But there are some questions to avoid. There are some questions that if you come up to me, I'll say, well, that's nice, and nod my head and smile, because it's not worth talking, it's not worth debating, it's not worth getting into a fight over, it's not worth it because it's not something that's going to draw someone closer to the Lord. The Bible says, as a pastor, use discernment. Take heed on what is being taught. As we go on, we see not only is a pastor responsible for what is being taught, but we also see the pastor is responsible for who is teaching. The pastor is responsible for who is teaching. Paul is talking to Timothy, and he's giving him some more instructions in verse number 5. Now, the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and of faith unfeigned. Notice in verse 5, here is the purpose of teaching. Now, the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart, good conscience, and faith unfeigned. The purpose of teaching sound doctrine is to show them love. That's what charity is. Showing the people who are learning with a pure heart. 
That means the motive that I have, my heart is clear. I just want them to fall in love with the Lord. That I should do it with a clear conscience. You know, there's some people that teach that don't have a clear conscience because they know that what they're teaching maybe kind of twist it just a little bit. If you can't teach it out of a clear conscience, then you shouldn't teach it. The idea of a faith uh, of good faith, faith unfeigned. Uh, unfeigned means the idea of faking it. Kind of like if a f- football uh, running back is running and he kind of feigns to one direction, goes the other one. That <coughs> we are not trying to trick people. We're not trying try to get them to, to juggle. We're trying to keep them to go forward, move forward. So notice what happens in verse 6. From which some, having swerved from pure heart, good conscience, faith, unfeigned, from some which have swerved, have turned aside unto vain jangling. So those who are doing it from other motives than this are doing it and it ends up to be vain jangling. This carries the idea of idle or foolish talk. What happens is these folks are missing the point of the new life in Christ. What is the point of the Christian life. What is the point of the new life that we have in Christ? To know him. That's the whole point. Why do you go to church? So that way you can know him. Why do we read our Bible? To know him. Why do we pray? To know him. Why do we learn things? To know him. Why do we go to Sunday school? To know him. That is the purpose of doctrine. That is the purpose of the Christian life is to know him. To get closer to him. To be with him. Those who start teaching about other things other than the Bible. What they're doing is they're missing the point of the whole thing. To grow closer to Christ. And the talk that they come up with goes into garbage. For example, there are Baptist churches like ours that miss the point. And they concentrate more on the outside of a Christian rather than the inside of the Christian. My wife and I have both seen churches where people measure a lady's skirt length. They measure the the collar length. They measure the length of a guy's hair. You say, can someone guard it? All I can tell you is that there is a measurement of someone's hair in the Bible. And the Bible says, says that it is a shame for a man to have long hair. Someone say, well, what's the, what is the definition of long? It's the opposite of short. So if it's not short, it's long. That's the only measurement we have. All right? <laughs> but, you know, there are some people that get to the idea that they're worried about the outside and they don't worry about the inside. The Christian life is all about the inside. That if you follow Christ, the things will change from the inside out. That's the whole point, is to know Him. To know Him. The Christian life is not about list. It's not about all these rules and regulation. It's all about knowing Him. And when people take all these doctrines, and they start running through lists, and say, say, in order to be right, you got to do this, and do this, and do this, and they run through lists, then what happens is they bondage people up, and it keeps them chained down from getting closer to Christ. 
The whole thing is to get them closer to Christ. Now, notice what happens. It's, we're talking about not only is the pastor responsible for what is being taught, he, they're responsible for who is teaching. Now, who is supposed to be teaching? Pastor approves and watch over someone who has love, that are teaching people out of love with a pure heart, good conscience, and faith unfeigned. However, there are some that have swerved from those things, have different motives, and they have feigned jangling. They say things that don't matter. They're idle. They're foolish. They don't draw us closer with the Lord. But notice this verse 7, desiring to be teachers of the law. Oh, let me teach you, pastor. Or Pastor, I could teach. I could teach. I got my own idea. And they come up with their own lesson plan. And they go off script. And they do all these other things. And they, because they know better than the pastor. I could correct them. I could use this forum. But you got to be careful who teaches Sunday school. Got to be teach who cares. Uh, teaches adults who's teaching discipleship because those type of things can shipwreck somebody's life because they want to be teachers of their own law. I know something the pastor doesn't know. Let me teach you about it. And they have their secret Bible studies and they teach all those things. What happens? Desiring to be teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say, so they don't have a good understanding of what the Bible says in the first place, but notice this, nor whereof they affirm. You know, whenever a doctrine is taught, you need to see where does the doctrine teach someone? Where does a doctrine carry someone? For example, there is a very dangerous doctrine called Calvinism. And the idea of Calvinism in very simplistic form is the idea that God knows everything. We agree with that. And they say, because God knows everything, he sees all of time. We don't debate that. They carry the idea that they think about this for a long time, that if God knows all of time, he knows what's going to happen. And because he knows what's going to happen, he knows who's going to be saved and who's not going to be saved. Now they start to twist things and start saying, well, God's will will always get accomplished. So therefore, someone who doesn't get saved, it must not have been his will to get saved. Therefore, you have the elect, those that were chosen of God, and the non-elect are those who are not chosen of God or they were ordained of God to go to hell. What a horrible doctrine. Now, that's simplistic. It gets more complicated than that, but that's simplistic. I don't know how many people I've had, young Christians, that someone in the church grabbed a hold of them and said, let me teach you this doctrine. And they choked the life out of a young Christian. I remember a young man sitting in my truck saying, I just don't know if I'm saved. And I'd show him from the Bible. And he says, but you don't understand. I don't know if I'm the elect. I said, ignore that. What does the Bible say? And I walked through and he just cried and cried and cried. Real tears. I just don't know if I'm the elect. What a horrible thing to have him there. And he wouldn't trust the Bible because someone grabbed a hold of him, false doctrine, and shipwrecked his life. You know what a hallmark an observation of false doctrine is that false doctrine always leads someone to live a life that is not closer to God. You know, if someone came up to me and said, Pastor, I believe a little bit different than you. I have a different doctrinal thing than you. And because of their doctrine, they live closer to the Lord. I might listen to it. But I can't tell you how many plethora of Christians over the years that got a hold of some bad doctrine... And they're not closer to the Lord these years after. They're further away. Had a young man who came up to me. 
said, you know, I just don't believe your doctrine. I just, I can't go to a church that believes like you do. And I begged him. I said, well, your family's falling apart. You've got these other things. Please let me help you. I, I just can't. I can't. We'll go to check on him some other time later. Instead of being in any church, he's in no church. He's further away from the Lord. Had a family years and years ago when I was assistant to the pastor. I loved him so much that we thought they would be a missionary somewhere. And as they got deployed, they went somewhere they didn't have a church. So they decided they were going to have a home church. Which is not necessarily bad. But they didn't have a pastor to kind of guard them and correct them. And they got a hold of bad, bad doctrine. Now they're divorced. One of their kids' name was Christian. They said, well, we're no longer Christian. So we can't call ourselves Christian. So they called him a different name. And went on. False doctrine, bad doctrine, draws people away from the Lord. That's why we have to see what do we believe why do we believe it? And where does it take us? The end of all sound doctrine draws us closer to the Lord. False doctrine leads us further away. This is what we call discernment. Discernment is not seeing where someone is currently at. It's seeing where they are going. And after a while, false doctrine will bring them further away. They may look like they're right there, but someone with discernment can see where they're headed to. You have to see the end of it. That's what a pastor's heartbreak is because he's trying to wave them down. Don't go that way. Don't believe that. Don't do that. Please don't because he sees where they're going and they're heading further away from the Lord. So the pastor is not supposed to just guard what is being taught. He is to be guarding who is teaching? Because false doctrine draws people further away from the Lord. Notice if you don't mind. As we come now to this last section. Not only is the pastor to guard what is being taught. He's responsible for who is teaching. But notice this. The pastor knows that sound doctrine changes lives. The pastor knows that sound doctrine changes lives. And that's the whole purpose is the changed life that Christ gives us. Notice with me in verse 8. But we know that the law is good. And the law you could kind of refer in your mind the Old Testament. You know the Old Testament is good. It's not evil. It's not wicked. But notice this as we see this modifier here. If... A man use it lawfully. Do you know that some people could use the Old Testament and use it incorrectly and shipwreck someone's doctrine, someone's faith, someone's belief? They could be shipwrecked by not using the Old Testament correctly. For example, there is a difference between Israel and the church. There are promises that God made to the Hebrew people that he did not make to the church. And there is a separation. And you have to have discernment. You know the Old Testament does not tell us how to live a Christian life. The Old Testament does not tell us how to run a New Testament church. You get that from the New Testament. You say, well, what's good of the Old Testament? Because the Old Testament teaches us how God interacted with man. The Old Testament teaches us about God's rules of holiness. The Old Testament teaches us the history of God's people. All those things are important. Things that we need to keep in mind. And that we can learn from. Those things that are written for of were written for our learning. The Bible says. That you could use the law, the Old Testament, properly. And you could use it improperly. 
that sound doctrine is going to bring us closer to the Lord. Notice this in verse 9. Knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man. Now that makes sense. Remember that if you're living the Christian life, your eyes are on the Lord and you're following after Him. If you're following after Christ, you don't need a list of rules of what to do. You're automatically going to do what's right if you're following Him. If your eyes are on Him. Does that make sense? You don't need to be told not to go kill someone if you're following after the Lord. If I'm following after the Lord, I don't have to be reminded not to cheat on my wife. You understand? I don't need rules to tell me what I'm supposed to do. I follow after Christ and I will do what is right. But someone who's not following after the Lord, that's where the law comes in. Notice this. Knowing that this, that the law is not made for the righteous man, but for the lawless. The word lawless carries the idea of men without law. These are people who reject all laws. It says, but for the lawless and disobedient. The disobedient are those that are not under subjection, not under submission to. So the lawless say, we don't recognize any laws. And the disobedient says, we don't care what the Bible says. We're going to do whatever we want anyways. That's what the laws are for, to help guard them in. Notice it goes on. But for the lawless and disobedient. For the ungodly. Ungodly is for those who are devoid of reverence for God. I don't care what God says. They do things in contrary to what God's ways are. We see that in the world today. I don't care what God says. I'm going to do whatever I want. That's all throughout. You turn on Facebook, news, whatever else, movie stars, whatever. That's what, I don't care what God says. And they purposely do something opposite of what God says just to prove they can. Those are the un, uh, ungodly. Notice as it goes on. <laughs> It says sinners for the ungodly and sinners. Sinners are for those that miss the mark. You know what God's laws do is they mark the proper path. Sinners are those who miss the mark. They get off the path. God's laws show us where the path is. That's what the law is for. Not for those who are doing right. It's for those who are doing wrong to bring them back to the path. What is the path? To bring us closer to the Lord. That is the whole purpose. God doesn't set up rules because he's bored and wants to set up a rule to make you miserable. The things that he sets in the Bible is to guide us back to him. That is the whole purpose of it all. It's not to beat people over the head with. Notice as it goes on. It gives this Bible list of people who are out of bounds and outside of sound doctrine. Knowing this, verse 9, that the law is not made for the righteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly, for the sinners, for unholy and profane, for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers, for manslayers, for whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind. For man-stealers, that's kidnappers. For liars, for perjured persons. Those are those who lie under oath. And if there be any other thing that is contrary or opposite to sound doctrine. These miss the mark. The Bible lists them and say they're out of bounds. But notice this in verse 11. According to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust. So here we see the thing. Paul says, hey, the law was not made for those who are in bounds. They're made for those to show the borders for those who are out of bounds so they can get into bounds, find the gospel, get closer with God, and follow him. You know what the gospel does? 
It changes a man from the inside out. Someone who says a prayer, someone who does a little recital, says some words, but does not have an evidence of a changed life, doesn't have what the Bible says. The Bible says if you've accepted Jesus as your personal Savior, you are a new creature. There's something different inside of you. And you should have a desire to follow the Lord. And the more that you follow the Lord, the more of a changed life that you have. If you don't have a changed life, may I just quickly just say you're not following the Lord? I'm trying to be a help now. The whole purpose of all doctrine is for the purpose of get you to follow the Lord. Why do I teach books of the Bible? Is it because I'm bored and I don't have any other way to preach? It's to get you closer with the Lord. Why are we going through 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, and Titus? To get you closer to the Lord. Why do we teach the Psalms? To get you closer to the Lord. Why are we teaching the life of David? To get you closer to the Lord. Everything that is done by sound doctrine has the one purpose to draw you closer to the Lord. But we see here whose responsibility is it? It is the pastor's responsibility because he has to give an account to God for what is being taught. That means the pastor should know what every Sunday school teacher is teaching. Not because he's a control freak, but because he's accountable. The pastor should be responsible for who is teaching the Bible. Because the pastor was going to know if someone's walking to the Lord or not. He's going to pray and God's going to direct him. And that's the pastor's responsibility to put people in place of teaching classes, of dis, who's discipling, who's, to, to be in charge of that because he's got to stand before God. Knowing that the whole purpose of it is not for someone to have the biggest class ever. It's for the purpose of having the people follow after God. For each and every person to develop their own personal walk with God. You see, it's all about God. So we bring you to this. How was your doctrine? Do you have any pet doctrines that you know, you're going to live and die off of? Do you see the end result of it? Is it drawing you closer to God or is it not? Maybe outside of actual teachings, maybe I just ask you this. Are you getting closer to God? Are you closer to God now than what you was at the beginning of the year? Are you closer to God now than what you were this time last year? Are you closer to God than what you were two years ago, five years ago? If not, let me tell you what the answer is. Sound, healthy doctrine. Because that is what's going to draw you closer to God. It is all about Him. All eyes on Him. Following after Him. As a secondary thing... Pray for your pastor because it is a constant, constant, constant fight. I've been pastor here for three years and I've dealt with the idea of false doctrine. With people within, without, other things, people who want to come in and dealing with the idea of false doctrine. It's something you have to guard because once it gets in, it's hard to dig it out. It's something that constantly requires discernment and protection. And we want to train people to have the same mindset as Paul taught Timothy. We talked about Sunday night that there's no man who is like-minded as I am. That when they had Timothy, they had Paul. That just as good as Paul. That's what we want to do is train people to have that same mindset. So it's just as good as pastor teaching or everyone else teaching. That they have the right teaching, the right doctrine. And moving people with the right motive 
of moving them closer to the Lord. Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 Five three zero six three zero eight. Once again, that number is nine two zero five three zero six three zero eight. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.